April 20th, 1997. Chasing Amy entered wide release, giving the world Kevin Smith's takes on comic book fandom and LGBTQ relationships. Guess which one he handled better? The top album was Life After Death, the second and final album by the Notorious B.I.G. before joining Tupac to live in Cuba. A rocket launched from Grand Canary Island, carrying the remains of Gene Roddenberry, creator of Star Trek, into orbit around the Earth. Two years before Star Wars fans, after viewing the prequels, insisted the same be done to a still-living George Lucas. Meanwhile in Rochester, New York, mankind battled The Undertaker at In Your House 14, Revenge of the Taker. We've got ourselves a nice little war here. This is Hell in a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. With me always, Bobby Hankinson. Hi. And Eric Silver. Hello. And uh, we're going back to 420, 1997. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm so hungry. I just want everyone to just get their weed jokes out like right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about it when we were wa- when I was watching it. It definitely occurred to me, and also I for sure will continue to make weed jokes the rest of this <laughs> podcast. Uh, who did that intro narration to Classy Freddie Blassie Hall of Famer? Wow, like, like from My Breakfast with Blassie, the um, the Andy Kaufman like short film. I think so. <laughs> I think that's true. That I am unfamiliar So, you know, but... Andy Kaufman was really I would li- yeah, 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 I would yeah. like uh, Eric Silver to make sense of Breakfast with Blassie was 30 years later. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just briefly explain it. You know, Andy Kaufman was really into wrestling. Um, I think, and I remember I used to watch, like, Comedy Central. Like, you know when Comedy Central didn't have a lot of original programming and it used to just be Whose Line Is It Anyway? And absolutely fabulous, and that was it. Yeah. Yes. So they, and also the um, and old Saturday Night Lives, old Saturday Night Lives, also the the Robin Williams um, comedy special where he was coked out of his head and just sweating buckets. They also played a lot of um, Andy Kaufman. I think it was like I, I I think it was like um, I'm from Hollywood or whatever. It was like an Andy Kaufman like documentary about how he was really into wrestling and. Did all, all of his like wrestling stuff, did his stuff with Lawler. But one of the things he did was he shot some kind of like short film that was called My Breakfast with Blassie, which was supposed to be his take on like My Dinner with Andre. But it's him with, I think, Fred Blassie because he actually was really into wrestling. And they just sit around and have breakfast and talk. And that's, that's what I got. Is it good? Um, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know Fred Blassie at the time. I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't watch the whole thing. I made. I probably just saw something that like touched on it, so I could not comment on it. And you've joined us for gabbing about Kaufman here. <laughs> <laughs> he's still alive. Kaufman Clatch is what this podcast is. Yeah, he's down in Cuba with Tupac and Biggie, right? Yes. So we start off with Legion of Doom versus Owen and Bulldog. Wait, before we get okay, into wait, that, so the, you, the you package wanna... I thought was that good. Package. I thought it was, the package was good, I thought, with, with Blassie. But then they showed the title screen with the font that looked like it was a Renaissance fair, and it was yes. very it, Yeah, it was like um, Hobo meets a Renaissance fair. You know the font Hobo? What's Hobo? No. 
it's a font. It's one. It, it's one of your standard package. It's in there with Impact and Georgia and Comic Sans. It also I, yeah. looked like it was like a Lisa Frank, a little glittery. It was like purple. <laughs> there was some sparkle. It was like a little bit of a blingy. Like it also I, was like gray on gray, so it felt it, it had that like look of being like etched into some kind yeah, of stone. Yeah, there was like a bevel and emboss situation. It just like was a very strange typography choice. Not to mention those graphics probably cost a fortune. Oh, I'm then. sure. And then I thought it was the saddest pyro that ever opened a pay-per-view. It was <laughs> like, like truly... <laughs> it was like, do you know when you buy fireworks and you're a kid? And you, they're not illegal fireworks that go into the sky. It's like the snake or whatever that goes in the ground. It was like watching that. Because <laughs> it was so zoomed out and it was like the least impressive pyro ever. And I was like, yikes, Rochester. Oof, am I right? Like, not great. That That is actually Rochester's best, I think. Apologies <laughs> to all of our fans in Rochester. <laughs> I owe you all a garbage I don't know. plate. Uh, Aaron, does your mom live in Rochester? <laughs> <laughs> Never even been there. Oh, hates it. Missing out. Um, quick side story about Rochester. I went up there and I went to, I was there for like a funeral or whatever, but I went to a dinosaur barbecue and I was wearing like my suit after this funeral. And when I went to the bathroom, somebody like by there was these older people were like, oh my God, you were, you were just, you were so good in Jersey boys. <laughs> And like, if that was an own, amazing own. But I was like, thank you. I I don't think it's they, so nice to meet the fans. I don't think owning has made its way up to Rochester yet. Right, they just rent. Well, I would have believed they said you were so good in Notting Hill because, as we all know, Eric was a dead ringer for a young Hugh Grant. Yes, this was this was later after I got rid of the Hugh Grant hair. I which I used to get it all the time. Anyway. <laughs> Um, one thing, we believe you, Eric. One thing I want to point out is, did you notice that they had a, they threw a little Pulp Fiction uh, sprinkling in there? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. He will rise up with great vengeance and, and furious, furious anger. anger. Like, what was going on in the writer's room at that point where they're just like, I don't know. Let's just, let's just take things that are like, this was three years ago that Pulp Fiction came out. So they were like using really old well, that material. Might, they might have used... I would have to look it up, but the actual Ezekiel twenty five seventeen because spoiler alert, I don't know if you know this, it's not the actual Bible verse in the Quentin Tarantino movie. You've now spoiled the Bible and <laughs> I don't think anything can spoil the Bible, Eric. It's the good book for a reason. It's true. It's it's why Eli um, memorized it from that from that Braille book. Yes. Now I just spoiled the book of Eli. Wow. Aaron's mom's going to have nothing to write a blockbuster. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to it. First match, Legion of Doom versus Owen and Bulldog. So Legion of Doom, obviously mainstays from holdovers from the old time. Was that their intro music from when they first started? Oh, what a rush. I like it. Sounds I like, like it. It sounds like they're sucking like the miasma from the back of their throat. What's the miasma? What oh, you, you know, when you got like a kind of like a kind of. <laughs> I thought it was, again. <laughs> what? I thought they were, I thought they were uh, huffing on gasoline. That's, I, I got a very like the Wraith vibe. <laughs> I got a real Wraith vibe that they were like gasoline huffing punks. 
I, I just feel like it. that's every wrestler's voice. Uh-huh. That's like the wrestler voice. Where it's like, oh, brother! Where it's like Hogan, Savage, Warrior. And I think these guys were just doing like the wrestler voice. Oh, what a rush. It just... But it was the same one in, through like their first run? I don't remember. Because their first run was before my time. Because remember, I started, just started watching wrestling when we started this podcast. Like that was the... Like, oh, that... really? Yeah, yeah. King... It was after WrestleMania 12. So the King of the Ring was like one of the first pay-per-views that I ever was oh, wow. no, in the see, universe for. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. I figured like back in like... 94 or like uh, Demolition and Legion of Doom like you were watching back then. I was on an, and Hogan and Jake the Snake yeah. and all those guys but also keep in mind I was like six. Yeah. So I, I mean, and, and when <laughs> I was watching it. You're more of the buddy of the, the wrestling buddies yeah. and not the wrestling. <laughs> Pretty and much. back when I was watching back then I had no idea about like the serialized nature of yeah. wrestling. I thought it was just they put two men in the ring and wrestle, wrestle, wrestle and one wins. Yeah. Totally. It probably actually was like that for a while, though, right? Like, it wasn't as serialized. I don't know. It, it, I, I guess I know, it was pretty serialized, I, when, like, in the 80s. Bobby and I, before um, WrestleMania, watched uh, the the very famous Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage match from WrestleMania 3. And they had a big package beforehand going through, like, all, okay. like, the thing going along. Uh, I didn't quite get what makes that match really good, though. Same. But I also think that, again, it's, it's just hard to look back. Yeah, it's a product of its time. When we see, like, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Ricochet do what they do, and, like, literally any NXT takeover, it makes all these things, yeah. like, Yeah, so, like, change. the fact that they told a story and a sustained story over a while was a big deal. Yeah. It's, like, the the way that we think that Beowulf is actually something worth reading because, you know, they probably could have gotten to the point sooner. Yeah, you can just watch a CGI movie with Angelina <laughs> Jolie. And that's all you need. Uh, and Owen and Bulldog are their opponents for this match, which still have the title, still haven't broken up. Baffling to me. They never follow. That's it. They're never that. They're not ever going to capitalize on the tension they were teasing for all those months. That's just it. He, I mean, they're I, both the leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they both they they just have their disagreements. Well, no, now Brett's the leader, and so they're both number two. Oh right, yeah, because this is the big. This is where they start doing the heart foundation yes. thing. Which I thought that part that part's cool as an idea, but it annoyed me that they were with Legion of Doom just because I feel like there were a bunch of like, well, not even a bunch. Really, I want the titles to be on the headbangers at this point because <laughs> they seem like the only kind of new, fresh gimmick. What about in the- Furnace and Lafon? <laughs> well, where their gimmick is, we are wrestlers. Yes. We wrestle. LOD was the most viable contender thing of the time. Yeah, I mean, a huge. They did seem over with and, the crowd. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The crowd's into them. I don't find them particularly thrilling in the ring. I wrote they're not that great. There was like no. one part I think they were doing maybe it was like something sort of like a belly to belly or or like I don't remember, but like they did something where that involved the two of them where one guy was on the top ropes and he like kind of passed the guy. It looked like not a very clean like spot. It was just kind of like boring. Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't find the particular their style great. I think, as always, Owen Hart holds the match together as all the best moments makes it worth anything. Checking back to was but... it worth anything though? No. This match because this match seemed like garbage. No, I thought it was garbage, and it had two screwy finishes, and it's like, what's oh, the point? God, the, it's a screw the, finish, the legal screw it again. Thing. Yeah, and then and then the best part is you can tell it's a really bad gimmick when the announcer has to be like, and you have to come back or else you give up your your title, yeah. like. Yeah, and I just, I hate when they, I'm willing to buy so much wrestling logic. I hate when it's like, oh, the referee, he's the end-all, be-all. He's the law of the ring. 
except in this one situation where the other referee is the actual law of the ring. Yeah, they're always going to play fast with the rules to suit whatever the story is going to be, but this was just clunky and boring. And We're coming off of what is known as one of the worst Monday Night Raws in history is the one that preceded this. Uh, that was like filmed. They did a mix of like like uh, live and pre-recorded matches from two different arenas. It was just it was bad. Oh, so it's just like technically. And I bad. think like no, and also like it was boring to watch. And it was I mean it was everyone winning with roll ups. Like it was just like a weird, really bad. Because there was a raw that raw. had a person shooting a gun. Yeah, it was not that. <laughs> this was like a notoriously, infamously bad Monday Night Raw. So they go. That's like what's going into this pay per view. Um, I did like Owen Hart yelling, give me my belts back. Yep. By the way, funny how I guess the the announcers aren't allowed to say belts. The wrestlers are, it's kind of okay to say belt. Oh, yeah. And I I think King says belts in this one, too, because I definitely picked up on that because that's a Vince no-no, right? It's a Vince no-no, but also... Becky Lynch has been calling herself Becky, Becky Two Belts, belts mm-hmm. which I wonder how what that's about. I, I mean, really like, like that. I love it. I think it's great, but also it's like, oh, is Vince on his way out? Can we now say belt? <laughs> can we sneeze in front He's of like, him? No one can sneeze though. Still, <laughs> but if anybody wants to pee themselves, he will laugh I, and you, laugh. I, I like. I don't even know if I want to work for WWE, but I know I could never because I like. Anytime spring comes around, I will be... You'd be showing weakness in yeah, front of the Yeah, be showing weakness. Like, I would just be like, hold... Sorry, it's only five sneezes, I promise. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, even when Steve Austin just shows up in a side shot in street clothes, things got infinitely more interesting. Yeah, carrying a suitcase, I was like, that's not a suitcase. I'm like, what are you carrying? He was like, carrying, like, a camera. I'm like, what's how? Are you doing... Are you bird watching? What's in there? They also had like a real a real nice shot of the announcing table that was just like why what there was nothing interesting about just watching the three of them watch the match they just it just didn't seem like anybody even the the people producing yeah everyone fell asleep at the wheel this whole match it was not uh, my favorite way to spend some time I I thought Brett's uh, interference was the most realistic move that yeah. I've seen and you know we've talked a bunch of shit about Bret Hart I'm I'm kind of digging heel Brett heel Brett is. Brett is great. Mm-hmm. I would never want to hang out with him. He seems like the least fun person I've ever seen. Anywhere. I will not tackle him at a, uh, a, a live appearance, but no, because well, you would never get seats close enough. <laughs> but he strikes me as having the same amount of charisma as like a Steve Mnuchin. Like that's the kind. Of, <laughs> like, that's the kind of like cocktail conversation I expect from Bret Hart. Uh, but yeah, he's great here. I, his interference I thought was a little late. I felt it felt like weird. There was like a weird timing thing. It felt like at the end, it just mm. wasn't. It, everything just felt a little off with this. And to me, though, I was like, oh, this is probably like similar to what actually happens, where he's like, no, 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 no. Owen's not going to lose to these guys. Like, I'm like, okay, this this reads as true truer to me because it's like probably reflective of like real life but i also love them setting up a kind of like an anti-american sentiment with the announcers against the canadians and the british (laughs) it's such a refreshing change of pace to not have it be like a middle eastern person yeah king is ashamed (laughs) to be an american because he's siding with these guys the audience is expressing their point of view first amendment but that's not (laughs) that's not how the first amendment works you guys (laughs) also Rochester probably has like a lot of Canadians That's true. in that crowd. And so it felt a little weird. Like they they felt like a weird crowd. Yeah, if you, if you don't like it, go back to Canada. It's literally right over there. <laughs> yeah, just, just take a ride. It's two miles. You can see it from your house. So, Bobby, before this 
was there an attack on Steve Austin or something like that that where they were trying to prevent him from getting to this match? I guess the suggestion. I feel like they were trying to suggest that there was some shenanigans to keep him from getting to this match. Because, that, like, someone slashed his tires, basically. Because Doc Hendricks is like, Steve Austin is in the building, and they were very adamant that Steve Austin was not in the building. A, yeah. lot, a lot of this promo was built around just saying things that aren't true. They were just <laughs> like, no, he's not. He's not in the building. It's like, no, we, we just saw. And then, they, like, at one point, Owen goes, we just defeated the, the Legion of Doom. I'm like... But you didn't. We just saw you didn't. They played the Legion of Doom's music at the end. Like, <laughs> what a rush. Um, yeah, all of it was just like, no, 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 no. Whoa, none of that happened. We were, we won, and Stephen Stone Cold Steve Austin's not here. And that's it. Yeah, it was stupid and a, like a bad way to open a pay per view. Yeah, just like it just didn't seem like anybody was prepared for the promo. Even at one point, did you see that Bulldog just kept talking as he was walking away? I'm like, what kind of shit is this? I have a feeling Bulldog did that a lot. Yeah, it just did this. Nothing about bad. this hit the right notes. It no. was bad. Like, even Owen. I love Owen, but Owen, this was not Owen's finest work. I wouldn't put this on his reel. You know what I'd put on his reel, though? That one. <laughs> but if we want to talk about people's best work... We're back to the superstar room. Oh my god. What is happening? Are Brian Pillman and Sonny just fucking? <laughs> that was the entire yes, like Yes, so many questions. First off, whose hand was that just off stage? Was he fucking them too? Had they just finished fucking? Are they about to fuck? What is Brian Pillman's wife that we just saw on Raw a few weeks ago convalescing him back to help? Think about all this. It was amazing. I... By the way, I was so excited about seeing Sonny and Brian Pillman after literal months. I mean, I guess not months for, for us, but literal months in showtime. Yeah. And I was like, it's they're the in-your-house players. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, you, like, not to spoil the rest of the pay-per-view, but I the interstitials were probably my favorite part of this, like, of this show. Uh, this was awesome. I love how it be- it basically became one of those like late night like phone sex advertisements. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, they were truly humping on camera. They were just like feeling each other up, and then the announcers talked about it the rest of the night. Yeah. They were like, "What are Brian Pillman and Sonny? Are? What would whatever condom they're on by now? <laughs> Six, ten? Who knows? He's just plowing through." Bobby, them. you know they didn't wear condoms. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah, Brian Pillman, he knows how to be safe. He always he holds a to, gun. He, he Pillman's out right before. <laughs> yeah, Brian Pillman's idea of safe sex is holding a gun to her head while he comes. It's called the oh, Pillman God. method. God, everyone, God, cut everything. <laughs> Right, we'll have a we'll have a podcast that's an episode that's five minutes long. <laughs> Our Patreon. Welcome is to the be podcast. Let us know. Hello, what you cell think. phone after dark. <laughs> it's just like that nine inch nails video. It'll just be like scene missing. Yeah. <laughs> is the nation of domination rap getting worse? It's definitely getting lazier. <laughs> there's there's more like, lyrics. I it guess. just feels they're walking the crowd, being like, "Here we are, <laughs> and we're here, walking into the ring, and he's here, and I'm here, and they're gonna wrestle." Farouk here we go. is a leader, and he's not a cheater. Couldn't be neater. Uh, I thought Savio looked great. I I, I love his his uh, his ring gear change. So a little bit of background here. This was oh no, never mind, wrong. No, yes, right. This is the point I want to have background for. 
This match was supposed to be Vader squashing Rocky, taking the belt. In oh, real, that, that was okay. the plan. Now, meanwhile, the WWF had just done a tour in Kuwait. And they booked a morning show. And depending on who you ask, on the morning show, it was Taker and Vader talking to the Kuwait. It's sort of like Good Morning America, except Good Morning Kuwait. And they're on the morning show. Wait, could you imagine waking up in Kuwait and watching Good Morning Kuwait <laughs> and seeing Vader and Undertaker? Does Vader have the mask on? Yeah, he does. What the fuck? And But he's wearing like a polo. He's wearing the mask, but like otherwise street clothes. So they are doing this interview. And again, depending on who you ask, according to Vader, they, they submitted the questions ahead and they told them they want them to ham it up. And according to Vader, they didn't tell the host this. So, pause. Well, let me explain. I'm going to set the context so the listeners listeners have the context too. So, the interviewer asks them, isn't wrestling fake or something like that? And Undertaker gives a very nuanced, like, company line line where he's like, we are athletes and we are entertainers and the injuries are real and this is a very demanding physical sport and all this stuff. Yeah. Vader is like, He's a lot more pragmatic than me. He's an invader, flips the table, grabs the guy by the tie, and starts like yelling in his face, like, Does this look fucking fake to you? Like, Does this feel like. Oh, it's the Braun Strowman reaction. So he reaction. starts to go cr- a little crazy. And then the host truly files charges against Vader. Vader is detained in Kuwait for two weeks because it was on the eve of like a holiday. Uh, and so he is detained in Kuwait and cannot make it back for this pay-per-view. So he would have been the Intercontinental Champion, but he now missed a, yet another opportunity with WWE. Oh, that man's raw. He's like the real deal. He's, he's great. But you, you can, I, I sent Aaron the clip earlier, so I was like, I think Eric needs to see this. This in, in Kuwait here, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you heard this before, that they say this wrestling is not for real. Is it like you, you act or... Well... Let's put it this way. What we do, if it is acting, we take a normal man and break him in half. You know, that's such an unoriginal question for someone to ask. Uh, you know, and it's so easy for people to pass judgment and make uh, all these, these, these questions about what wrestling is. Wrestling is one of the finest athletic endeavors that you will ever see. Not only do you get the best of athletics, but you get people who can actually sell tickets by just their character alone. There's several people who could care whether or not I'm rest- I can wrestle or not, but the message that I bring when I go to the ring, my creatures of the night, they don't care what it is. But I mean, let me assure you, it's the most physical thing that you would ever do in your life. Is it just for the wrestling shows that... Excuse uh, me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm sorry, yeah. You gave him a chance to respond to yeah, that this question. Yeah, this is the question I'm going to ask you now. I'd like, like to respond to the same question. Okay, please, go ahead. Well, my astute colleague, the heavyweight champion of the world, very diplomatic individual, I'm perhaps not quite so diplomatic. In fact, I find your, your question and uh, your remarks insulting to what I do. Physically, no man can do what I do in the ring. If they could, why wouldn't they be out there making the type of money we make and enjoy the type of fame and lifestyle that we enjoy? So I find your remark and your question insulting. 
That's not my question. It's somebody who... Does that fucking feel fake, huh? Does that feel fake? Does it? Oh, no, no, just... Why don't you come down tonight, and before I kick his ass, I'll kick your ass. Okay. All, All right? right? Just calm down. Don't... Hey, we're not here to be insulted. I'm not here to be insulted. Okay. Two things. Vader's the best. He's just so fucking cool. Like, it... That's how you do... That's how you do kayfabe. That's how you do all of that shit. I mean... He probably could. And also, that's like, I feel like that's the right reaction when, you know, as a wrestler, when someone's like, isn't it fake? Like, they should always just fucking clap back super hard. I mean, it's sort of like what, I mean, Becky Lynch didn't do that, like, in a physical way, but she did it on social media when, like, um, Ronda Rousey was doing, was kind of calling that shit out. Uh, The second thing, this again, back to the point about how, like, Life in Kuwait just must be, like, extremely surreal. Like, imagine that there were, like, Scud missiles and Patriot missiles flying over, and now you've got, like, like giant wrestling guys, like, trying offering to beat up your hosts on, like, Good Morning Kuwait. Like, nothing... Yep, those two things happen in Kuwait all the time. <laughs> I just feel like, like, it's a... Like, we don't live in a place where we, you know, where there was a foreign army that came in at one point. I don't know. Just feels like daily life there is just Tell that to the hated British in the War of 1812. (laughs) Although just weird, I feel like we're so now in like a post KFAB society. You know what I mean? Like we're looking at it now where like it doesn't matter that it's real or not. Like that debate is like, I feel like I get that. Yeah, the only people who cares about that, the only people who care about that debate are those people who post on like Facebook stories about wrestling. There's always that one person's like, you know it's fake, right? Yeah, it's just a very bizarre. Like, I feel like I don't get that reaction even as much when I'm talking about I love wrestling. Like, it's like, yeah, we all know it's fake. Everything, you know, Mar- Marvel is fake, but everyone's into it. And I think even as a viewer, why it's still so easy to enjoy. Like, I almost enjoy it more knowing how the sausage is made. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, because it's um, it, well, okay. First of all, I think you have to enjoy it more knowing how it's made because. Well, especially as an adult, just not being like it's, yeah, it's people. For, oh, are people almost dying on like a regular basis? <laughs> There's that. Also, in like a lot of ways, it's made for children. It's made like the if people who are following these plots like and 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 are like fully invested in the plot the way that it is. There's kind of something a little bit wrong with them. It's a little bit like simple. There, there. It's it's very it's a very broad brush. It's problematic in a lot of ways as we can uh, attest by making a podcast about all of it but like when you can like see the artistry in it then you're like oh i mean like yes would it be great if if like they got to a point with their storytelling where it was like even higher yes but you can still appreciate the level of storytelling that's being done anyway and that's true it's like there could be better comedy than the big bang theory but there's a reason why it's so successful and of course we want it to be better but you can still appreciate it for what it is i think what's cool to now even seeing that like seeing how the storytelling affects the this might be so wonky and i don't know if this be interesting to anybody or fun but like even if becky lynch goes to a really personal match with charlotte and ronda rousey and like her approach and her ring work is different than if she's facing Asuka, someone she respects, and they're going at it. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah I yeah, didn't think yeah. that to me. Or even, and we're seeing that even like to bring it back to this pay per view. Even like the the matches that have more like personal things at stake versus that, and like yeah. understanding how all that works. 
Yeah, I mean, wait, wait. So did Becky have like real personal things against Charlotte? And... No, 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 no. But I'm saying even the, st- yeah, even the, the we're story. Yeah, the story. That's what the story that's is. That's the writing. That's like, the story. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, I agree. Even though we know it's fake, or yeah. we know that that's fiction, or that someone wrote that, it's you still get invested, or you still like can feel like the visceral emotional response because yeah. they sell and yeah. like they sell it so well in their facial expressions and their intensity and. And so, like that. so you're just describing the entire reason that we watch wrestling. Yeah, it just made yeah, me because well, you know, watching that yeah. and like seeing someone very sincerely be like, "Yes, but isn't it all fake?" And like, <laughs> and, but remembering also at that time when this was still hadn't hit the fever pitch of like peak wrestling pop culture saturation with Austin and DX and all that mm-hmm. stuff, where it was sort of like, "Yeah, but isn't this stupid?" <laughs> like, and then see someone be like, "Fuck no!" It's like, yeah, actually. It's not. It's not stupid. Well, and then there isn't there that really famous guy who's just like, I want to believe, or you know, what I'm talking the 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 crying fan. There, there. It's real that, to me. It's that real is a to thing. me. Yeah. Right, and yeah, um, I I think that I mean that that's that's what lets me appreciate all of this is that I can you know literally watch it, and also some of it you can't really tell which parts are fake and which parts are not, and that's what makes it really fun. Another Magic on, tricks. Another Magic. note on this, then, uh, that's interesting. So this was still the height of the Monday Night Wars. So WWF decided to capitalize on this, put out a press release to all the morning. So this was national news. This was true national news when Vader was detained in Kuwait. This was, like, sure. on, you know, it wasn't a huge story, but, like, on your evening news at 10 o'clock, they like, WWF wrestlers detained. Like, it would just be, like, a, you know, towards the end of the broadcast, little, like, news of the weird thing at the end. Yeah. Um, but they told this stuff out, and they were going to get a lot Wrestlers of Wrestlers are usually in the ring, but a jail cell? They sent a press release. They, tried, they had, I, I forget what the outlet was, a very serious outlet was going to do a big piece, and I want to say it might have been Good Morning America was going to do it. Um, the sister show of Good Morning America. It wasn't Good Morning like Saudi Arabia. Right? Of course, of course. And then um, Eric Bischoff told that outlet that actually this whole thing was a work, and they didn't want to risk it getting embarrassed and being worked and so they pulled the plug on the coverage man so he did two weeks in the clink for nothing for nothing you know it's funny how actually his he uh, this is true instead of being in jail he was just detained in a six hundred dollar a night hotel yeah well we'd be allowed. yeah well, how's the food pretty good from what we hear he's yeah, they get still slid it under the door yeah. <laughs> um it's funny how like like we have the the like the fake um, the fake mug shots of Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey literally just up against the concrete wall and we can't get one fucking t-shirt of Vader getting arrested in in, in Kuwait. Kuwait. Yeah. That would have been a dope t-shirt. And that is our new t-shirt that you can order now at hellinacellphone.com. <laughs> I'll just I'll just wear the mask and stand up against a concrete wall. I think I can do the likeness. Yeah, you are well. you are a dead ringer for Vader, Eric. <laughs> Uh, is this the first time that we've seen uh, Rocky My Via promo on a pay-per-view? I don't believe I think it's like the so. Yeah. I think we saw one. Guess what? They're, it's just as memorable as the last one is, though. <laughs> yeah. Super milk toast. Not great. I'm just, yeah, it's... No one wants to. I'm still interested, though, in watching the evolution of Rocky My Via into The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um... I didn't even realize that he didn't have the Brahma Bull tattoo at this point. I thought that was for sure something he got in some Miami tattoo parlor one day after someone called him a bull after a Hurricanes game. Nope, that's still to come. I feel like the the thing is, there is he's not very good at this yet, still. 
Right. He's well, still all like arm drags and big smiles. And I, but I will say about that promo, he's not tripping over his words like yeah. a lot of people. Like he delivered it. It wasn't interesting, but he delivered it confidently. There's something about him. He truly is just naturally charismatic, and it's something it feels like an old Hollywood. I should be chomping on the cigar as I say it, but he's like, <laughs> he's got Huxley, he's got Moxie, he's got it. Like he does. He just like is he, a star. He he kind of went into the like when you. When you interview uh, like an uh, an athlete in at like the end of the game, like he went into that mode where he's like, yeah, you know, it was just we're just trying to play like one minute at a time and <laughs> just like just nonsense and whatever. So yes, he doesn't he didn't like piss himself, he didn't stumble over his words, but also it was just like super forgettable. Not I mean, yes, it was one of those things where like every time I watch a promo, that's when I'm literally judging each of these people based on their showmanship and yeah he he was fine but he, he didn't have any showmanship yet far more memorable though farouk getting interviewed yeah i lo- i thought he was fucking great awesome yeah, even he when he really hits good. the table and the mic's not working and he gets that mic and he's like of course of course isn't this typical i don't huh? like he just it just he doesn't have to seamless. say it but it's definitely oh the black man doesn't yep. get a working microphone it was see he walked that line so fucking perfectly yeah. it was truly amazing also during the uh, initial nomination entrance i love the cut to all of the white children in rochester raising their fists <laughs> in the air and being like <laughs> Okay, someone has to have a talk. Someone gave him a Wu-Tang album. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to let them know, uh, this is not for you. Going back to just Farouk talking about Ahmed Johnson, he really could not be talked out of killing Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> it, was, it was just like, this has gonna end with him dying or me dying. And I was like... That's, that's how it works in the streets. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> It was great. As we say on the streets, if you got beef with me, you should battle my four friends in succession. Yeah, nobody says any of this stuff on the streets. Like, all of his, as we say on the streets stuff, I was like, then, okay, sure. And then after he's, like, challenging to the match, he's like, and you'd be an idiot if you took that match. He's like, what do you want here, Farouk? <laughs> as we say on the streets, don't take that match that's offered to you. <laughs> uh, speaking of... Rocky and uh, Savio in the ring. I did. I did write. Must have been arm drag week at the gym, because <laughs> man, they it was so just arm many. drag after arm drag. Did you hear when Lawler talked about how Ahmed Johnson was hooked on Ebonics? Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck, fuck that him. shit. Um. Also, fuck everybody back in that back in that time who was just talking about Ebonics. Yes. What yes, a dumb. Yes. A hundred percent. Let that go. And like we were all being, we everyone thought they were being so clever. As soon we were all children too, being like, is that a real thing? Because like, yeah, this isn't track. <laughs> yeah. No. But as soon as like the concept of Ebonics was introduced, um, it was immediately just co-opted by everybody's slightly racist uncle or father right because it was introduced by by black academics right and it was meant to talk about not and not just um american black um vernacular but any vernacular uh descended from the african diaspora so like it was an academic term meant to give credence to a way that a lot of people talk and a perfectly right. valid form of expression right when we talk about code switching yes it's a that's a code that people switch to and it it was like as soon as they said it, 
But no, I was in Everybody a, was just like, oh, good. We have a, a good punchline for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I was in an empty room watching this, and I yelled, fuck you, King, at the TV screen. So, I mean, he's doing his job. He's getting me worked, but uh, I thought it was so gross. Uh, it was also another sucky match. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything really to say about the match, but I like the booking of the end. Yeah. Um, oh, did you notice that Lawler also said... Um, it's like baptism under fire. That is not how that phrase goes. Yeah, there's baptism by fire. There's grace under fire. Right. But... Like are are. I'm referring is to there the a, is there like a, <laughs> is there a sniper laying down cover while the while the priest is baptizing the children? No, you literally dip the fl- the children into the flames. I thought yeah, I thought it was like a covering fire. Um, yeah, it was a trash match. This and again, it wasn't meant to be, and so it makes sense. And but at the same time, where this is the nation domination goes <laughs> is interesting, though. So but, I, yeah, no, I, I I do enjoy them actually. And then we get to see Ahmed Johnson again, whose outfit looked like it came from the old prospector being awoken by a varmint collection. Oh, yeah, it was right, like yeah. sort of like a like a long job. It was red the, that, long was the previous, that was the previous time too. That raw from last. Like episode. he'd be chasing people off his farm and yeah, like jumping exactly, up and down with a musket. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, Holding a jug with three X's on it. Yeah, he's also. I mean, I don't know if I'm stepping on one of the for your reconsiderations, but he's also basically achieved hacksaw Jim Duggan status, right? Like he literally mm. is bringing that two by four. Yeah, and you know, and you know what? Him. He is he's over. With the crowd. You're uh, going down. It's a really catchy line. Did not like when he called Savio Vega an illegal immigrant. No, not no, at all. Especially because no. he's from Puerto Rico, which is part of America. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's true. I, I did write down illegal immigrant in all caps. Oh, also, I thought it was funny that um, Farouk talks about how um, Savi- uh, how uh, Ahmed should wrestle everybody in the Nation of Domination and only names three guys. PG-13, I guess, or they're supposed to be wrestlers, but they are conveniently yeah, left they're out. Not really, they're mostly considered the way that, like, even less than Lana is considered a wrestler now. It's like they're mostly managers, but they are wrestlers Kind of like um, J&J Security back when... Yeah, yeah. Um, well, those were even, I think, even more, because they at least had, like, their own characters as single stars before they were J&J Security. Okay. Yeah, I think these, um, these guys are basically... They just take bumps, right? Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. time Ahmed or, or whoever... Ahmed and, and the Legion of Doom or whatever need to... Fuck some people up. They take these guys. They're out. trained. They can be like local jobbers if they weren't. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. It'd be great if they just switched them out with like local people every time. They're like, these are the guys. I would who have love been to hear Rochester rappers take them into the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is bad. I was over it. And then, but then we go backstage again. <laughs> oh, thank God. Hey, yo, well, Ken Shamrock is so excited he is to be on a laptop. Delighted. I feel like he just discovered memes before any of us. <laughs> I wrote Ken Shamrock is extremely online. He's so online. He was like, he he knew how to type. Wait, and, and I could go into a chat room, and these are people from all over the world. <laughs> how old would you say these women are? He like... was doing so much better than Shawn Michaels. It's not even funny. Sean Michaels looks like he's putting on like his readers and then hunting and pecking the way that your grandmother would. He was just Sean Michaels. He made a very strong choice. And I think uh, Ken Shamrock is still kind of he doesn't he he's playing closer to Ken Shamrock real life. 
But when I think back to the Attitude Era, Ken Shamrock is a really like major mm-hmm. part of it in, in my mind. So. But I like did not realize. Mark Henry, he came from another sport mm-hmm. and was like an established name. But he came in with no training, well, I mean, no he's, development. He's got to be a little no. bit better, at least, because he's coming from a combat, combat sport. He, and he is. But still, he comes in, the, but he's not trained on promos. He's not trained on, you know what I mean? Like he's, He is definitely not trained on promos. I think we find out in the next episode. But he did do two years at DeVry Institute getting his <laughs> IT. <laughs> now he can run the AOL chat room. <laughs> uh, yeah, he... Uh, I... I, I I mean, I'd, I'd always heard the name, but I'm very surprised that he's a big part of the Attitude Era. This mm-hmm. will be interesting. He has some really, really good stuff. I was a big Ken Shamrock fan. Also, he was very hot, and I was like very into him in a very sexually confused way. He looks like he like owns a bar in Bay Ridge. Oh, this is like very my type. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, go sure. on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Dumb and straight. <laughs> so I like him, and he's yeah. got dumb and straight written all yeah. over him. Dumb. Bobby's over here, tell me more, tell me more. (laughs) Like, does he own a bar? (laughs) Bobby and the other pink ladies. (laughs) I see a Halloween costume this year. So then we got the interview with Mark Merrow and Sable, which... Which was just an interview with Sable. It was just an interview Um, with Sable. Why are they wearing their sunglasses? I did... I should have known... That they were interviewed next to the men's room for a reason, but also I didn't put it past the WWF to just have an interview next to the men's room. Yes, yes. It could have been, like, it could have just been the way that they do, like, um, uh, cable access television. Like, it, it could go either way in Rochester. It could be every angle had a men's room in it. And then Bulldog, Owen, and Austin go into a men's room, which sound out, sounds like the setup to a really bad joke. I went, Well, first of all, it was just um, Austin who went in at one point, and he busts the door open. I was like, Austin takes intense shits. Yeah. <laughs> gotta just, go, gotta go, gotta go right now. <laughs> I'm clearing this room. And so, let me <laughs> I got a Texas rattlesnake inside of me. Oh, <laughs> poking his head out. The oh, south, coming out the south end of my <laughs> Jesus. My mud hole. My mud hole. <laughs> Austin, th- 316 is how long he takes to get one shit out. He's timed it. Uh, so we're Owen and Bulldog just waiting, laying in wait in that men's room. With a shower curtain? Like, wait, no, I thought, they went, go. I thought they went in after him. No, no, they, no were they were in, in there. They were in there. And so were those referees. Well, who else was They in always there? need a referee. They always need somebody in case anybody gets Wait, paid. wait. Can, can we go to the tape real quick? Let's go to the tape. I Literally, Austin to. goes in and everyone comes out. And it's like, wait, who's in this? We went to the tape. Uh, proven correct. But the best um, part of man, that... Man, I... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I remember that completely different. My it... favorite part is the exit when Bulldog and Owen come out and essentially look at the camera and go, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and they run away. <laughs> Ah, got us! They make the most insane reaction faces. Um, yeah, it was. It, what a weird angle to try to play. It just <laughs> like we were just hanging out in the stalls, waiting for for Austin. We had some kind of metal rod, maybe a shower rod, and we just tried to hit him with it. And it was like bent to hell. Well, it was way more interesting than what came next. 
Uh, I have some background on this too, which even the background bores me. Yeah, get through ah, it as quickly okay. as possible because. So originally, the new Hockey Talk Man was supposed to be a wrestler from WCW whose name was Disco Inferno. I don't know if you guys are familiar Disco Inferno. He was a wrestler. I think you can figure out what his gimmick was um, in WCW. So on his way out from WCW, Jacqueline, who was recent WWE Hall of Famer, uh, female wrestler, uh, was really big at WCW, and they were starting to put her in intergender matches. And they were going to put her over Disco Inferno, and they wanted to write him off television before, because they, they knew his contract was up and he was going to be done. So to kind of send him out with lower value, they had Jacqueline beat him, and then he was going to leave and come to the WWF and be the new Honky Tonk Man. That was the plan. However... Which we all know we really needed a new Honky Tonk Well, what are all the kids doing? They're like, I want a Honky Tonk <laughs> Man. we love Elvis. It's the 90s. <laughs> Where is my Honky Tonk Man? We all man? remember the big uh, 90s rockabilly resurgence <laughs> that came right before the ska movement. Well, there was a little bit of like a Zoot Suit Ride. Anyway, um, they, Cherry Pop and Daddies. They did... Well, oh, uh, God. Uh, the worst <laughs> fucking name of... Uh. Cherry Pop and Daddies? Yeah. Did they do Zoot Suit Riot? Yes, yeah, they did. Yeah. So, we did bust open your hymen and... God, Jesus. Hey. Whoa, whoa. Your mother listens well, to this. Well, your mom is listening, Aaron. It, cherry Pop and Daddy's is, like, no worse than that. We don't want to lose her Patreon. Yeah, we, we need your mom. We can't turn her off to this podcast. But in the end, WWE surprised him because there was actually be a four-month non-compete. And basically, WWE was like, we're not waiting for you for four months. We're pulling... We're pulling. <laughs> Wait, Guys, don't you need a new Honky Tonk Man? Just wait right four months. Honky Tonk can come through. So they were like, let's do a Billy Gunn. And that's how we ended up getting this. Even though Billy Gunn just turned down the Honky Tonk Man like a few weeks ago on TV. So that's why they're like, wait, didn't he just punch him? It made no sense. It uh, yeah, was very I bad. Don't, I do not remember this gimmick at all. It does not last long. Nor should anybody. I mean, I love that Honky Tonk Man was like, I made him an offer he couldn't refuse. What was the offer? Yeah, what possibly could you have offered? Like, bad. Yeah. It's you, real bad. You can keep wrestling if you do And also, this. Billy Gunn is a bad singles wrestler. And according to legend, um, you know, he was in a tag team, and they tried to do, do a singles push with him, but he's he has um, bad asthma, and he can't, he doesn't have, like, the actual, like, physical endurance to, like, carry a full match, which is why he always is kind of a tag team wrestler. Oh, that also would explain why he spends a lot of time flopping. Like, he, he takes longer, probably. He does do very, just... he's a very dramatic bumper. He takes, he takes... Deep breaths while he's bumping. Eric, you, you can cut the hymen thing. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That hymen, hymen thing is staying in. fact, you, you sleep in your filth. Every few minutes, we're just going to be like, remember when Aaron said hymen? So yeah. you can't, it's, it was <laughs> While we're saying important stuff. So the, the next match, and Aaron, Aaron, Aaron said hymen. hymen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did wonder about you, Bobby, when uh, the, the commentary team was talking about Billy's spunk. Oh, that also like alleged thing is that Jerry Lawler and Honky Tonk had heat apparently, hmm. and this was a coded gay joke um, for the Honky Tonk Man from Lawler. Boo! Yeah, boo on that. Um, I just to get back to well, this is my first time seeing Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Um, extra uh, a superfluous M. So oh. we're, we're still on the the Does old. You call him Double J. I'm like you should call him Double M. Yeah. What? That's Jesse Jams. <laughs> That's not Jesse James. It makes no sense. Do you need to go to the tape for this? Is, what, how do they do they? J A N N E S. Oh, I didn't see that. Jamis. Uh, terrible. Also, when I saw Rockabilly, I just go. I, I wrote, "This is sad." 
it's just very, it was so it's sad. Re- yeah it's real sad especially when he every time he tried to dance i was like oh no don't do this to yourself but much better things are coming for both of them so the yeah. less said about this the better but also it kind of set up like the screwy ref work for the rest because there were a whole bunch of eye rakes in this one here that didn't get called I can't, I, I barely, this match was such a snooze. I couldn't, I, the crowd, it was like watching, I don't know, uh, Jinder Mahal versus Apollo Crews. It was just, there was just like no heat, no one cared, nothing. It was just, what a dead, what a, I can't believe this was a pay-per-view, on a pay-per-view with five matches. <laughs> the rest of many we watched had 17 matches. They're doing five matches. And imagine if you were watching WWE today and one of the matches was, Apollo Crews versus Jinder Mahal. Apollo Crews versus Titus O'Neil. Like, just like, Just what? so we know that if we're keeping score at home, we're on match three, and all three of these have Trash. been fucking garbage. Absolute garbage. This garbage. This is regarded as one of the worst pay-per-views. Man, we seem to keep hitting well, that's why I came lower in, lows. I came in and I was like, I don't think we're going to have a lot to talk about in this episode, because it is a particularly weak pay-per-view well, i don't know 51 about 51 minutes i don't know man i don't know about that bobby because uh then we go backstage and doc Hendricks is hawking has the, he got a deal for us oh. undertaker door banner well, before, which i kind of want before this um i there's a I, there's a part of me that loves to collect these things that like you know the most trite the most cliche things that a person says they were talking about uh, Sonny and Brian Pillman, I think, in the in the Superstar Hotline. And at one point, Vince goes, they're provocative. They'll go there. And I was like, is there anything more 90s that you could possibly say than they'll go there? Uh, don't go there yeah. would be the thing that's more right. 90s. TMI. Asking for people not to go there. But then, oh boy, do they go there. Do not go in there. Um, it's like it, Aaron with Hyman's. See, now I can't cut. Yeah, no, it's there. Yeah, Steering it's into, the, into the the exactly the, the swerve. Um, I thought that the Undertaker door banner was a pre fat head. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Basically, um, only thirty bucks. <laughs> is that, is thirty that bucks in nineteen ninety seven money though. That was like eighty dollars. Yeah, man. true. Uh, I like how. That on on the ones that we're watching, they're like, this number doesn't work anymore. Please stop trying to order the the Undertaker giant door banners. We can, we don't have stock. And then we get some more Stone Cold just being the best. I said I wrote perfect, and also he he brought up Stu. Anytime anybody who rags on Stu Hart immediately scores. <laughs> And then we get a really good package for Taker versus Mankind. Yeah. Narrated by Ty Pettengill this time. I don't quite understand why so many other wrestlers were being shown in the Taker versus Mankind thing. But... I think we're just seeing how destructive the two of them have been. Why wasn't this the main event in the Revenge of the Taker pay-per-view? That's what I wondered, too. I guess they're trying to sell the Austin angle throughout, like to keep the suspense up. I mean... It's fine. It, yes. Yeah. Was, yeah. But, but that that must have been. I mean, I, I can only guess. That's. I don't think there was any other like unforeseen circumstances that would change it. It just seems that, that was just like a story choice to sell this Austin. Yeah. Thing because he's but, so hot right now. By the way, he's uh, so hot right now. He, Nathan, so. the whole time we I was watching this was like, I want to fit Stone Cold's entire body in my mouth. <laughs> 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 it was a lot. You're like Nathan. You're a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> 
just going back to the package for a second, and speaking of Nathan and then the package, um, <laughs> I just I it I I really like that package. It looked like it was a fan video that was made. Like it was like they were recording. They were like had the camera rec- like recording, recording the, the TV. TV. And it, I I just wrote this is a like a film student's thesis. There was a lot of like. Um, what was it? The fast motion effects, like where the heads are like. Bleh, bleh. It was like, it was fun. It was a yeah. fun little like a bunch horror of like, movie, like sped up and slowed down yep. Uh, yep. voices. Yep. I also was annoyed that we didn't get to see the fire, the fire that that mankind lit in in Undertaker's eyes. I mean, we we saw a little bit of it, but you don't like, want to show it to you too much because it's, I'm sure it, it's not great. Oh, you mean like in the in the actual raw? Probably wasn't like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, was that makeup that they had him in? Tonight? Oh, absolutely. That's what I. Thought. Oh, absolutely. No, they didn't actually burn the Undertaker's face for this. Uh, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they were just very unsafe and somehow burnt him. I mean, there which was... does happen in. I mean, watching this match. I mean, talking about unsafe, it was yeah. like it's uh, some of that you still forget. Sometimes watching Mick Foley is hard. Yeah. Like hard to watch. Uh huh. Um, but I will say, I feel like this is the match that they should have had at Survivor Series. I disagree. I feel like this is the weaker of the ones we've seen. What? No. This is... I thought this was weak until the end, and I thought the end was better. Outside, than I would say, outside of the gimmick matches that sure. we've seen, okay, all right, this right. is the best match that Undertaker and Mankind have put together. I mean, it is brutal. Yes. Yeah. He goes... Head first through that table. How did that? No. That, that that won me over. Well, I mean, I, I hate this? watching. Well, I mean, he definitely braced himself with with his hand. You yeah, can but, see that, but yeah, still, but, but that still. table could not have been gimmicked to do that. Yeah. So like he just and like the way he takes the way he throws himself into the guardrail, mm-hmm. the way he the, takes the, the chair, the shots, way his the head. Stairs. I was like, you can't. Your head cannot hit that guardrail in a safe way. No, he is just that's a concussion. He just doesn't care. He is just getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. For real. I mean, and and I hate to say it, but that was that was when I like bought in on the match a little bit more because earlier on I was like, this is going slow. It was a little bit. Oh, whatever. really? No. From the minute, from right out the gates, when Undertaker is hitting him with the, the fists, like dead on. Um, but speaking of screwy officiating, this was not a no DQ match. It was not. Yes, <laughs> no. and that bothered me. Like, what? Would it? kill you to just put one little kayfabe line in there just kind of like and this is or they, are the referees letting him go because they've been bribed by the under i don't know paul bear yeah yeah i'm not the writer there's urns there's chairs there's stairs there's a pitcher he gets a <laughs> pitcher with water. a glass pitcher is that a real glass no it's a plastic pitcher but can you no well, no that's shattered i thought it was sugar glass it was can you, it was sugar but can you oh, put water sugar in sugar glass could your glass hold water? Would it melt yeah. it? Yeah, I don't think it melts it. Okay, well, not, it was definitely, yeah. but it definitely like it was yeah. not plastic. That's true. It did. Burn. It had to be sugar glass. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was plastic, that would be even worse. But he went through that table, and it was like that table. Oh, he looked. He but he looked real. Oh, desperate. the chair hit that. That chair shot. It, it made me like ill. Like it which was yeah. which one? The there was Undertaker hits mankind right in the head. I think after the drop kick to the stairs. Because Undertaker takes a few chair shots there too. When that chair is fucking yeah, tangled. there was yeah. A, there was a chair shot that Undertaker gave to Mick, to McFoley that was that stood out among a bunch yeah, of chair shots. It was it was bad, real rough. Um, I there was a couple things. Oh, so at one point, yet 
um, there was a time where Tinker gets in. They're like, the chair got dented. I was like, first of all, we all saw that chair was dented before it hit the Tinker. Not that it's a bad, not that, you know, not that. But like also, it, these seem like, it's not a re- these seem like real, real ass chairs. Like Home yes, Depot metal fucking... folding chairs. Like you heard the sound it made when Mick Foley closed it. Like when they do it now, it sounds like the trash bins that they use, which are like made yeah. of tin like, foil and mylar. Like, like, <laughs> like the church basement folding yeah, chairs this that was somehow real, are even more heavier than regular ones. Real because fucking Because they yeah, carry Christ's sin. Uh, <laughs> Christ like, sins. Christ sins. Yes, the sins of all four of them. I knew he. I knew he fucking sinned. There they are. I was right. Um, um, yeah, but it was like a chair shot that he takes. I think it's because even back when they were taking chair shots, they'd still like throw an arm up or something, and Mick Foley's just like, just like takes it. Oof. Yeah, I mean, oof. there was a lot of like oof. arching your back for it, but yeah, taking it on the head. Um. Okay. Before just, I want to back up a little bit because there was some fun stuff in the promos. Um. I loved uh, Mankind's face where he had, like, spittle on his, like, mustache yeah. or something. Music to my ear. Music to my That's ear so is good. so fucking good. So good. He is so brilliant. It's unbelievable. Uh, What else? Oh, I thought it was really fun. So at one point, um, I think it was, like, Lawler or something going, can you imagine if Mankind wins? Imagine, like, if we have a, a Mankind swimsuit calendar, like, because he won the championship. And I was like, down will be up, up will be down. I was like, what would the Undertaker's swimsuit calendar be like? Because I don't think any of this is, is like, what's going to happen to either of these stars. I'm picturing it right now, and it's great. Yes, it's it's like, it's definitely a purple thong. Um, and then I, I also really like that they, they talked about how... The Undertaker. Sorry. I'm just picturing Undertaker in a bikini in a graveyard. <laughs> it's it's nighttime, too. It's like, well, you're not even going to get tan. Um, there's a part where they talk about how the Undertaker, he you know he got checked out, and he's still a little blurry out of the eye that, that, got, like, that got inflamed. And I just thought it would be really weird to imagine the Undertaker doing an eye exam. Where he's just like... <laughs> E, F, L, nope, nope, it's worse. It's worse. No, no, no it's better. One, number one, number one or number two? Number one, w- one. Uh, listen, I, I think it's an L, but I can't, I can't fully make it out. Uh, <laughs> creatures of the night, help me out. Uh, let's see. Oh, I also noticed the, the mandible claw doesn't always have to be used inside a mouth. Sometimes a mandible claw can be used on your jugular. There was at one point I was I actually asked the question. There was so mankind had um, Undertaker in the mandible claw, but it was definitely on it. They said talked about it, it was on his jugular. His mouth was open. It was like kind of like a, a neck hold. And I I actually wrote like did they finally get too disgusted by doing it in the mouth? And then later he does it in the mouth. But it just seems like. The mandible claw is literally just his fingers applying pressure to something. <laughs> it's not really a finger in the mouth thing. But I feel like it's the mandible, so it has to affect the mandible. Right. I listen, man. I don't know what to tell you. He just he didn't he didn't affect the mandible. But some say Mick is most effective when he applies it to your heart. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. Fuck you. <laughs> is that is that the hymen that got busted? <laughs> oh no. What? I'll cut that out. I, we don't have to. <laughs> this was great. This was a hell of a lot of fun to watch. The end. The end was 
little bot was super botchy, but they made the most of it. You could tell what was supposed to happen at the end was Mankind was supposed to go at Undertaker with a fireball. Undertaker was supposed to pull Barry with a fireball. Mick Foley couldn't get the fireball going. Nobody could get the fireball going. So then well, suddenly everyone's a, fighting. And for a second there, it talking. looked like the way that he was holding Paul Bearer and Mankind, it looked like he was going to make them kiss. Please. <laughs> <laughs> he also didn't. Was he, was he supposed to pull off um, Mankind's mask? Because it know, looked like dope. Because yeah. mankind responded like he was a luchador. Yeah. He was just like no. Like, I think it's because Mick Foley just a fucking champion of of like he is so in that character and just like makes yeah. such smart choices. Uh, his his head is also shaved like he like had a lobotomy. Although I would think if he had a lobotomy, he would not be as violent as he is. That's true. Be it was maybe he escaped when they were about to. They were prepping him. <laughs> they accidentally put in an extra piece of brain. <laughs> Oh no, he's got too much now. That's why he's more violent. That's great. Into it. Yeah, uh, it was. It's really funny watching uh, the Undertaker try to like light that lighter. I was like, you guys could have, couldn't you have like work. worked a lighter? Couldn't you have like figured out a lighter that would be consistent? But he made it work, though. He they, did. They, make they, it work. Like, I, I, I'm also, I'm impressed with everybody here because you can tell they're all like, "What the fuck do we do? What the fuck do we do?" And Paul Bearer, who's like not supposed to, be, doesn't know how to. He's not taking bumps. And I'm like, "I'm gonna punch you now." Like, <laughs> like everyone just sort of like went with it and pulled off what they needed to pull off because this triggers a very significant change in Paul Bearer. So it's a very important moment. Well, yes. Oh, just Paul Bearer bulk up. Had to do yeah. Now Paul Bearer <laughs> no, comes back shredded this... to shit. And he is just... <laughs> this is going to lead to a very, very important... So many, impo- Actually, yeah. so many important things. And, like, changes uh, yes. in his... I, I don't want to say anything else, but but cool shit is coming. They right. had to do this. I mean, and I so... know that gay marriage was uh, legalized <laughs> later on, so I'm assuming this is the beginning. Yeah, this the was, first steps. They say that they called this the spark, and that's why right. they had to do this it. Was, this was the real Stonewall. That's why they've been saying we're flaming the whole time. <laughs> 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 I think this is our oh, best work, you. you guys. Uh, so let's go to the main event then. Oh, wait, can we talk about Brett's promo? I loved how he threw in the Canadian sorry. Oh, he was he was playing up that degrade. Was he? Voice. I so think he I feel was. Like right? It felt like it, or maybe because I was just so primed to hate Canadians at this point that it just irked me. <laughs> I wonder if it is that. I wonder if that's almost considered cheap heat because of the Rochester thing. If it's just like, oh, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna hate Canada and Rochester, and let's just do it. I know everyone I've ever met from Rochester is a very nice person. So. Garbage, garbage plates are great. Yeah, garbage, they garbage plates and they skateboard a lot. That's the only thing I know. Do they skateboard? Oh, okay. Everyone I've met from Rochester skateboards, but that might be just like a small sample size. All I can say is there are very... Um, I've known like two people and they both skateboarded, therefore everyone I know from Rochester skateboards. Everyone. <laughs> they're extremely generous audiences and as a performer for them, uh, uh, I... Well, tell I, that to Road Dog Jesse Jams and... Uh, <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, look, look. They were I, not that generous to them. Walk like a man. Yeah, but I was, when I was, when I was, uh, did my numbers for them. They were all very generous. They were, they were all listening, not on their phones. I tell you, it's tough being a boy growing up here in, in Jersey. Jersey. Hey, Frankie, what are you going to do? Just start a band? Anyway. What time of year is it? Oh, it's all four seasons. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I loved them ordering Owen and Bulldog backstage at the start of the yes. match. I thought I, that was great. Yeah. Love it. Um, they talked about how Mankind was on the Superstar line. What does he have to say? That That's creepy. 
Yeah, I don't know who's calling in for Mankind. <laughs> <laughs> mankind just gets on the phone and goes, Bugs. <laughs> it's his one phone call. Um, and again, and again, here, uh, the chairs all over the place. I want them to throw in a line like, we're, they're toying around with a rule change that now chairs are allowed as part of matches. Yeah. Just some, just give me something. But I was able to, I was able to make it through there. Did Did you notice how Stone Cold tried to go for a Gorilla Monsoon's chair and Gorilla Monsoon just would not give it up? It was huh. just like he just wanted to take it. He's like, nah, no. I, I don't think I really like this match that much. It was. I didn't think this. Was oh, as, I liked it. It's. I think it's the worst out of their trilogy. Yes, but. I agree. That's what I was saying. It, it was good. But it wasn't, there was a lot more, like, uh, technical stuff to marvel at, I feel like, at Survivor Series, and there's a lot mm-hmm. more, like, violence and intensity at WrestleMania. So this was... Yeah, it had, it tried to go for a little bit of the street brawl. I, the one thing I enjoyed was the uh, storytelling around the knee yes, stuff. And then, yes, especially yes. when um, Austin's leg gives out as he's trying to give the pile driver, yes. I was like, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it was it wasn't something that was like a payoff that like I really fucking loved, but I was like, okay, I see what they were doing. It was you know the Chekhov's knee or whatever, and I was like, that's great. And then the end was really fun. But now we're seeing the benefit. It's very weird because I feel like now when I watch wrestling, I get bored when I see the same people work together too much. So you see like yeah. Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins work together for too long, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And you saw like all these things that kind of like went on and on and on and on. Yeah, and now. When I'm watching this, though, I'm appreciating seeing these guys learn each other's chemistry in yeah. a way. And I, I don't know. They also might have been doing less shows. Like, this, I don't know if they were doing more like uh, road shows and house shows than they are now or whatever. But there's just something about seeing them learn both Undertaker Mankind and Austin and Bret Hart where it's like they're building a chemistry and a rapport with one another where they know each other. And they're just like you can tell that they're getting better and like more responsive with one another. Yeah, and they had like a good. There was a good superplex. Uh, I really liked that. That Austin kept putting him in the sharpshooter. That was fun. Yep. Yeah, it 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 was good. It was just like uh, this was around the time that I was starting to nod off, and I was like, uh, oh man, I don't know if I can take this. So I had to like stop it, try to take a nap for ten minutes, go back, <laughs> watch a little bit more to 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 keep up. I'm old. Yeah, Bobby, can you go through the ending a little bit of this match? So the ending of this match. We got like just watched it earlier. So it's the interference, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Owen Hart and uh And Bulldog come out because Austin has him in the sharpshooter. Yeah. And they come out and everybody fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Honestly, I just wrote this is a very fun ending, but I couldn't really remember why I wrote that. Um, I so like, I was wait. hoping that you would try. Ah, I, like, I didn't find anything. It was... I, I didn't find it very because I didn't find it satisfying. Yeah. Apparently, there was there was no like they didn't there was no like really great spot. It was just like a DQ, and it was kind of like oh. But it's important, and we'll talk about it on our next episode. The next night on Raw, there's some developments and stuff like that that it's supposed to be a very important moment, and so we will all be checking in with those segments and and catching that on our next episode but this is obviously a chapter in a longer story uh and so therefore i didn't feel like we got anywhere it just felt a little flat to me i thought the ending yeah i mean all, all everything except for undertaker and 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 mankind's match didn't quite live up to what i was hoping this was oh, good these two the, this was worth yeah, watching this, this was fine too, yeah. it was fine it wasn't my favorite no i i agree this was this is not one for the books but 
it, I didn't regret watching this the way I, re- I wish I wanted my life back from watching the other <laughs> the other matches we, in the, on this card. I was like, I'm mad I'm watching this. I, I'm not watching them again because well, I Well, that's why I want to get back to what I said, which was that the interstitial, the interstitials were my favorite part. Like, maybe it's because we're doing the the podcast and we, you know, hit on certain things, but, like, I loved some of these shitty promos. I loved the superstar hotline especially like we haven't seen uh sunny in forever but like it's so funny i know we love them so much but they're like so not even a thing like it's like when we, they, i'm sure whoever produced them they didn't even write anything they're just like i don't know they do the promo for the superstar hotline i don't know put sunny there and she's like what do you want me to do like i don't care yeah no like, this is literally like this is these interstitials are the televised version of when you go to an indie match and there's just like some guy like the wrestlers go hang out at the table afterwards and they're just like hawking their like videos their wares and their their merch this that's what it is but like there's something really fun about it because as much as they don't want to be carnies they still are fucking carnies and it's really great to see just like they don't care they'll just do whatever and and the matches just weren't that interesting to me so it's way more fun to see people be like try to be like super sincere about this bullshit. Anybody have anything else they want to say about any of this? No. no. I'm, I'm ready to move on. This, All right. This is, this is good. Well, for years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call For Your Reconsideration. I guess I'll go first. Uh, I'm going to go with the All I Want for Christmas Award to the skull on the back of Brett Hitman Hart's shirt. It was missing its two front teeth. And I have no idea why. Um, I assume that it's a dumb hockey thing. I was going to say hockey thing. Oh. But it also, like, I, I tried to, like, look it up and find some research. And it did lead me into a little Brett hole there for a second there. Um, Every Everything with Brett Hart is a Brett hole. He's so, a real Brett hole. <laughs> so Brett grew up in the Hart family mansion. And apparently when he was a kid... There was a wrestling bear that they kept chained underneath the house. That sounds right. I've heard about this. His name was Terrible Ted, and he had all of its teeth removed. And so Brett used to put ice cream on his feet and have the bear lick it off because he thought that it was a good way to clean his feet. Too many things. (laughs) So many questions. Okay. First of all, fuck that family. Why would you mistreat a bear I'm like upset. that? I don't want to know this. Wait, did they declaw the bear? That's because what I mean. I'm like, the, the bear is actually, still dangerous. I'm like, the teeth are probably not even what I would worry most about a bear. I would be like, keep the teeth, lose the claws. And the arms, no, just the strength. Lose, just, I mean, like, no. What? We're not going to get rid of all the shit a bear has. I know. But like, just don't have a bear. This is like boxing <laughs> Helena, but with, like, a bear. You just, like, remove the arms, you remove the legs. It's just, like, a it's just a, a torso. I don't get bear. that reference. Um, boxing Helena, it was a, a movie with, um, shit, I don't know. It was a weird-ass, one of those weird-ass movies from around the 90s that was about a woman who, I think, like, had all of her limbs removed and, and they punched was, her no this guy was just uh, like obsessed with her and he wanted to keep her to him to himself yeah. and she is like i think she has like she's basically he was also declawed quadruple okay she's made into a quadruple amputee or something yeah. it's a weird movie you know it's from the 90s <laughs> okay so okay. julian sands i think okay i've tapped the research department and terrible ted as i said was a wrestling a wrestling bear 
he before he interacted with the hearts at all. So he debuted in 1950. The bear. Right. The bear did. Um, in Asbury Park, New Jersey. He made his way. He was only with the hearts briefly while working um, for Stampede Wrestling in Calgary, though it is noted on Wikipedia that a young Bret Hart would let him like ice cream off his feet. That is canon. Um, but he will, He must have been there for just a matter of a couple years. He wasn't like the heart's bear that they thought this was a great idea and kept him forever. He just made his way there shortly on tour as he was This is like a fabulous Freebirds rule. How much money would someone out there pay for a video of a bear licking ice cream off of a young Bret Hart's foot? That sounds so disgusting. Honestly, if it was there's Owen, so many I things think I don't like. More. There's so many things I don't like about that. It just feels Feet, animals. Licking, it feels weird and sexual. Cream. Hate it. Also, that bear. It's not like that bear had dreams of wrestling. That bear wasn't like the Miz. It wasn't like in like the bear world. And, <laughs> no, actually, you're wrong. I've got it up on Wikipedia right now. The bear's father never said I love you, and it wasn't until the bear teamed up with a young Shane McMahon that he finally was it able was, it to was, earn his father's love. Actually, it was the Eric, bear world Toronto. Actually, Eric, it says here the bear's lifelong dream, lifelong dream was to be a wrestler. So. Oh, man. Wait, did you? Did anybody ever ask the bear, like, well, so isn't wrestling fake? <laughs> Declawed and detoothed. That's that's just but animal was, abuse. He was declawed and detoothed by the by a carnival before he became a wrestler. So this was almost like this. None of this. It's like you're trying to find ways. No, no, no. But he just murdered gypsies. He didn't kill the Jews yet. I'm saying that anybody who treats a bear like this is Hitler. This is bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't. No. I, I don't want to know any more about this. There's literally nothing about about already. Ted the wrestling bear that's gonna be a good story. No, hate it. All right, what about you guys? All right, mine's not very good, but I'm gonna go with it because he's jumped out to you me. You don't have like a, a a long backstory to go along with it with, mo- with multiple points of research. No, and I'm honestly very shocked by this whole bear thing. Um, I'm in a bread hole right now. Yeah. <laughs> Ted hole. Uh, I'm giving a slammy for who's that hunk. To Lance Wright, who was interviewing uh, the Hearts backstage in a very '90s haircut, everybody <laughs> clocked him. But I was like, "Oh, it's like color me bad." I was like, "Oh, I would be very into that." Would uh, be. Yeah, he was an ECW wrestler with draws and. Oh, I was just saying that even now you're. Oh, still am. Oh yeah, I mean, like, still. Pro- I don't know what his he may honestly he may be dead. Um, he is a wrestler from the. Well, you're also Ladies, famously so. into uh, necrophilia. Well, God, you guys, this is the, this is our most controversial podcast. <laughs> uh, right. The, all of the people who listen to us will be debating it. It will be Brad and Joe Stanton and, and Joe Stanton and Aaron's mom. mom. <laughs> Just, oh the, my God, the, the boards are going to be crazy. I would love that message board. That's all I'm going to say. For our one year anniversary show, I think we should have all three of them call in to, to our own superstar line. <laughs> Oh my God! Who's gonna hit on who? That's gonna be our. That's gonna be our fight. That should be our our year one year anniversary show. It should be an all superstar line, and we're gonna have people call in and maybe even like wrestling people. Who knows? We can pull some strings. How do we know when it is our one year anniversary show? Because we're like four months ahead. I got this, dude. Well, okay. We, oh, then if you're it'll on, it'll be it, episode twenty four. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because it's too Wait, no, I like that you answered that, and Aaron's just like, I got this. And I'm like, wait, what magical abilities have you employed? 
Um, I guess is it my turn? It's you, Eric. All right. Uh, I, I gotta be honest. I was like, I had to. The reason why the um the pay per view is up again was because I was like, oh man, I didn't even have it the first time around. I had a lot of trouble coming up with one, but I put down most likely to be caught cruising to the Heart Foundation because uh there was in that promo that they gave one of the lines that they said was um. What were you trying to perpetrate when you went in the bathroom with Steve Austin? <laughs> Which I was like, well, what were you trying to perpetrate? Meet me in the ladies' room. <laughs> Be back real soon. Hey, hit him he's with a got rod. A Texas rattlesnake down there. Oh, jeez. You guys have none. Look, everyone's tapping under the stalls. Going into the mud hole. Go. Oh. Love us, disagree, want to hit us with a chair with zero repercussions. Probably the third. Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Pod or each of us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and me, Aaron, at Slow Pass. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you again for In Your House 15, A Cold Day in Hell.